It is a great night because it's the first time I use my actual professional looking mic. I'm so excited. Uh, not to say that the other mics were not professional, but I'm just telling you, this one has like the arm and the whole thing. Like I had to go back to school, get a degree just so I can get this thing started up for you guys today. <laughs> so it was a journey, but we made it through. We graduated. Also, I want to thank you guys always for hanging in there with me on this journey of the microphone. We did it. We're, we're doing it. And I appreciate you. If you know somebody that would uh, benefit from listening to this, please let them know and send them, a, send them a, a copy of it. Uh, send them a link to it. Whatever people do. I don't, I don't know. I have no social media. So <laughs> I am uh, basically illiterate when it comes to technology. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I happen to be doing it. So it's, it's work. Something is doing, something is getting done. I don't know what it is, but it's getting done. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something that I consistently find resistance with when it comes to patients. Uh, they, they resist the idea that words have to change. I continuously have to interrupt thinking pattern. And that sometimes sounds like I'm interrupting their speech, but it's actually a, a technique or a strategy that I've used through the years to uh, genuinely, genuinely interrupt the thought pattern or even stop the word that they're about to use. Words are really darn important. As a matter of fact, if you think in a, in a biblical sense, in ancient times, we call it the word. And the reason why it's called the word, because it has so much power. The word itself, language itself has so much power. And think about it. We describe our world with that language. It's not isolated from what we perceive as reality. We, we use those words to describe our reality. And eventually they build our world. The thing about language, though, in general, is that most of us grow up in a certain culture, whatever that culture may be. And I'm not just talking about ethnicity or um, origin uh, uh, when it comes to the land of origin, or I'm talking about each family that you are part of. It's a culture that you would grow up in. Now, that culture feeds the reality that we know today as our language, our beliefs, it does, it feeds it. And through the years, we reinforce it. Now, most people kind of get really frustrated with me and I don't blame them <laughs> when I'm like correcting a word. And what I mean by correcting it is I want them to use a different word to describe something that could be um, beneficial to them. Many people will resist that. They'll think I'm really trying to correct some something that they're saying is wrong. It's neither wrong or right, but can I say this in a different way? And language, like I said, is so important. We dismiss the fact that we invite language into our world and sometimes we continue to reinforce it, which feeds more of this type of language. So for example, if you are a depressive person, all that really freaking means is that you tend to think in ways that basically are self-defeating. You are helpless to your emotions and you don't necessarily like to confront your emotions or confront your world, emotionally speaking, and learn how to self-soothe, basically. Okay. So one nasty thought, one 
a thought that might be depressive will just lead you to another thought. Next thing you know, there's another thought. Next thing you know, there's another thought. So one would say the treatment for depression would be to change your language. Oh yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there today. I'm on fire. Language, we almost dismiss it. And we, we want to say, I want to talk positively. I want to make goals that are, I want to, um, uh, make decisions that are positive and all that great stuff. But we don't think of the language necessarily and how important it is. The thing is, we want to be able to rehearse this language over and over again because we like, our brain likes rehearsal of that language. And if we stop rehearsing it or if we're, if my, our brain is not familiar with it, it'll eventually not use it often and may perceive it as not being real to them. So you could think of so many things that people say that you may not perceive as real, or you might have some kind of thought about it that says that, oh, this is great for them, but it doesn't work for me. And the reason why it works for them, but it doesn't work for you is really comes down to rehearsing this language. I got to rehearse this language of whatever it is I want to become, whatever belief I want to change. I want to rehearse it over and over again until it solidifies in my perception as a common word that I use. And I promise you from that word that you use so often, it, your brain will now recognize it to be familiar with it. And then we'll continue to play it out in whatever decisions you want to make. So for example, if I continuously say and use my depression. My depression is the reason why I behave this way. So it's the reason why I think this way. I'm basically saying I'm helpless to my thoughts. Uh, but when I start saying, look, I have depressive thoughts and it's just habits. It's just a habit in thinking and I can change a habit, but I need to rehearse a new habit in order for this habit to become extinct. That's how we want to approach it. So a lot of the times it's changing the language. It really comes down to that. I can't even simplify it more than that. Just your words, the words that you invite into your world, again, make your reality. So this is where I want you to start looking at. How do I describe my, my world? Do I go straight to the worst case scenario? Does my voice, uh, always sound like it's, it's ready to go and it's urgent and things have to happen right now. And you know, what, what's your pattern? Figure out what, what you're doing that might create a momentum of thoughts in your life that may not soothe you. All right. We want to heal those thinking patterns and to heal them. We acknowledge first that they're there. And then we, we go on in rehearsing the new belief. Like I said, making it familiar to our brain, uh, and, ensuring that we are exposed to it all the time. You know, we, we expose it to ourselves. The, the, the reason why I'm telling you that again, going back to the culture that we grow up in may not necessarily have a certain type of language. For example, if I grew up in a, in a family that's very negative, that always thought the worst about people that even may judge people um, out, out loud for the way they look or the Unfortunately, you might end up carrying this pattern of thinking and perceive it to be real, that this is really how people think. They judge each other. They look at each other and they, and they think the worst and people are thinking the worst of me. This can really take on this life. And of course, we'll end up resulting in those depressive skills, or I'm sorry, the depressive, uh, uh, patterns that we have in, in our thoughts. So 
rehearsing a new pattern would mean that I interrupt these current patterns. I'm still going to have the urge to judge a person, but I'm going to stop that pattern. I'm still going to have the urge to think those nasty thoughts. They might come up, but I'm going to confront it and I'm going to learn to redirect it into something else, a new response. I'm not running away from it. I'm not distracting from it. I'm checking out a new response to it. So that would mean that on purpose all day long, I'm interrupting my thinking, kind of like I'm doing in a session with someone. I interrupt their thought pattern. They're about to tell me a whole thought in some nasty way they're going to say, and then I interrupt that pattern and I plug in some new ways to think it. Usually that will help correct it when they're thinking out the out loud the whole day or they're thinking throughout the whole day. They'll probably hear me stopping something, a rhythm that they have going. So, but you can do that. You don't need me to do that for you. You can actually train yourself to stop this rhythm. So some of the ways I help people do that, that you can do at home would be to, for example, write affirmations. And most people don't know this, but they actually say affirmations that are not that are nasty, self-evaluations that are nasty. And they're considered, unfortunately, affirmations. You're affirming something in your psyche. You're making it real by rehearsing it over and over again. For example, if you call yourself fat, right, constantly, you say, I'm fat, I'm fat. And you're looking at the mirror and you're pointing to, to your body saying, I'm fat, I'm fat. What you're doing is reaffirming for your brain that you are fat, right? Um, and And you're not teaching your body unfortunately, to go into a different way of thinking about your body, which can actually eventually lead to whatever goal you might have about your body. But doing it through the affirmation consistently of calling it fat, unfortunately, it will do everything in its power to keep it that way, to keep it exactly what you call it. So that's what I mean by language being so important. If you continue to use this language over and over again, because you think it's real, it is not real. It's just habitual. I've changed so many thought patterns within myself and help people change within themselves. And that's basically the truth all around is that if I don't start using different language and I, that's probably unfamiliar to me, right? I just perceive it as unfamiliar. It's not real or, or not real. The thing is I have rehearsal. Um, time with the old language that w- took years in the making. That's why it's reinforced properly in my brain. It's reaffirmed in my brain. I can reaffirm any thought, any new belief on purpose this time. And it will take a lot less because I'm doing it on purpose. It's not going to take years in the making. The idea is to interrupt those patterns. So for example, if I continuously talk about my body in a nasty way, I'm going to interrupt that and I'm going to be gentle and kind to me. I'm going to notice all the wonderful things about my body, how it gives me breath, it gives me life, how it takes me from one place to another, how I enjoy it and I get pleasure out of it when I'm having sex or when I'm working on my backyard or whatever the heck it is, right? Or when I'm eating food and I taste it. All these are pleasures that you get sensory-wise, physically from your body. And so I want to notice how wonderful it is. And from that place of self-love, right? That language changing a little bit at a time, even if I don't feel like it because automatically people confuse feelings as being a fact. They're not a fact, they're just feelings. And so uh, feelings that are habitually trained. And so if I have these thought patterns that I continually, uh, con- continuously affirm, like I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I am I would feel more familiar with that. But me, people confuse that as being real. I feel like it's real. It's not real. Your feelings are just based on what you've been rehearsing your whole life. Okay? So changing the rehearsal, making sure that you are 
on it all the time because you're thinking all the time. You're now becoming consciously aware of what comes out of your mouth and also what's what you're thinking on the inside even more so. All of this is pretty important to note because what you find out is eventually I'm going to make my brain really, really aware and familiar with uh, the new words and new language I describe myself. So you don't have to feel different in order for you to respond differently to your thoughts. And I say this constantly, there's no better time than the present to do that. So I'm going to redo it again because your brain loves rehearsal and loves um, repetition. So keep repeating those things like, just like I do on these episodes, I keep repeating a lot of the same concepts just to make sure that you are affirming them as part of your thinking process, or at least they interrupt something. Okay. Uh, I hope that makes sense so far in identifying the next step here is once you identify that your language is just rotten to you. It's not helping your moods stay stable. It is like a momentum of obsessiveness. One thought that comes in, that's pretty nasty. Then the next one comes in the next one. So we really have to not allow all the other thoughts to come in. I have to really interrupt the first time. And this is a decision you make. No matter how many times as a therapist, I try to, um, yeah tell people how important it is to interrupt the thought. I have to count on them doing it 24 seven. I can only do it in that hour, but they're going to have to rehearse what they've learned in that hour all day long. And their brain will somehow interrupt it, but whether they follow through or go back to their regular habits, that's up to them. That's always up to your free will. That's why you have to make an a decision that your words have to change and I can't keep using the same words expecting a different outcome. If I call my world hard and I find that people are threatened by me and I'm always saying this shit, then more than likely this is exactly what I'm going to see because your brain will select it, will look for it. When you tell it to look for something, it will look for it. And with the affirmations that you do throughout the day and the words that you use throughout the day, what you're doing technically is you're, you're, you're making your brain select certain things, certain thoughts, certain patterns. So you will see people in a suspicious way. If on the inside, you have suspicious type of language, you might take other people's behaviors in the wrong way. You, you will misread it. Uh, And you've met that person. That person might be you. Uh, I say that because that used to be me where I would think a person was intending something different than what they actually said. I wasn't really listening to them. I was actually listening to the voice inside that's telling me that person is a threat. They think this of me, they think this of me, and I wasn't interrupting it. All this nasty language. So understanding that I have language throughout the whole day. I have self-talk throughout the whole day. And that self-talk is so darn important. It's the difference between heaven and hell in my mind. And also in my world, I would think, because those words make up your world. Okay. I want to make sure that I get that stabilized in your mind. It's a small little simple thing. You can listen to this audio over and over again until it comes naturally to you to rehearse different words. And again, the words don't have to be negative or positive. I don't need you to judge them that way. It's, it's again, you're selecting some shit here, what you think is negative and positive. It's neither. I promise it's neither, it's neither hard nor easy. It's neither good nor bad. It's, it's none of this. It's just words. It's words that either make me feel good or words that do not. And sometimes 
the stuff that is familiar uh, also has a, a somewhat positive feeling. I didn't say it would be the great positive. It just could be familiar. I could have familiar words like I am not worthy. Those are words that I rehearse over and over again, again not because they feel good, but I rehearse them because they are familiar. So somehow in my brain, I like the effortlessness of it, which makes me keep using it. Okay. I think I'm going to stop here. I want to make sure that I plug in this. I was really passionate about it and I've been kind of working on it with people this week, actually for the past couple of weeks. Uh, and it just kind of, I revisit it every once in a while. So I thought I would revisit it with you too. This is a great strategic way to start changing your world and doing it quickly. These words are commands to your brain. So command it properly. Allow the commands to be a way to not self-limit, but to expand your world and allow for more good shit to come in. Changing the language will change a whole lot of things. Think about it. Even when we learn a new language, we have to learn the culture that goes along with it, right? So I can't just learn French without learning the certain uh, uh, little nuances that come within learning the language and the cultural uh, information that comes along with it that needs to be part of the language. You know, uh, how many ways can we call a pig in Spanish, for example? And what does that mean? And what does the, each version mean? You know, um, all that is just to say that language changes how we behave. It changes how we make decisions as well. And so it would be fair to say that what you're learning is a new language. Yeah. I mean, if you prepare yourself that way, I think you'll be setting yourself up for success in this area. Just know that it's a new language. And just like you're learning a new language, it is unfamiliar to you. But when you rehearse it long enough, it will become familiar and you'll be easily using it throughout the day to help you solve your problems, pick your food, um, anything that you could think of because you use language in it to think. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light and the understanding that you have no real power over anything except your mind. This has been an episode of Drive Through. Thank you.